Hello and welcome to the Nourish Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Lauren. I'm a certified health and life coach that works with women to help them end their battle with food in their bodies and to embody unconditional self-love and self-worth. If you feel like you've tried every diet on this planet, hoping to finally love yourself and feel worthy once you get your perfect body, this space is for you. These episodes will open your eyes to the harsh truth of diet culture and encourage you to go within yourself so you can finally see how worthy you are and have always been just as you are. So sit back, relax, keep an open mind, and let's dive into the episode. Hello and welcome to a new episode. I'm so excited to have you here and today we're going to be talking about something that I'm really excited to get into because there is so much confusion, so many misconceptions around this topic which is intuitive eating and I want to talk about what intuitive eating is and what it is not. Like I said, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to intuitive eating, and I'm not going to lie, it can be confusing because if you look on the internet or you search the hashtag, it is extremely overwhelming, and you have all these people telling you just eat whatever you want and don't track anything and stop dieting, and if you're coming from a place, from a long history of dieting and a long place of obsessively controlling your food and your body, this probably seems outrageous, and that makes sense. So I wanted to make sure that I had this episode because I talk about intuitive eating quite a bit and this is what, you know, I use with my clients to help them heal their relationship to food and their body and a lot of people are skeptical about intuitive eating because, you know, it's so conflicting with what we have been taught and what diet culture has taught us our entire lives. The thing is, is that dieting has really disconnected us from our bodies to the point where people think that it's absolutely outrageous to be able to trust their bodies to, you know, tell them when to eat, what to eat, how much to eat. And again, rightfully so when, you know, you grow up in a culture and society that sends you so many different messages about what you should be eating and what you shouldn't be eating and when you should eat and how much you should eat, it, it, it is going to be hard to trust your body again. It is going to feel scary to trust your body again. It is going to feel like you, you know, can't trust your body when you've spent the majority of your life relying on external things like macros and points and counting calories and diet plans to tell you those things, right? And, you know, how could, how could you possibly trust, have that trusting relationship with your body when you've been honestly, we've been taught to really ignore what our bodies tell us, right? And I wanted to give some examples of this. So just some from my experience and that I know a lot of other people probably experience too. When I was counting macros, I remember um, I would feel hungrier, like I would start to feel a little bit hungrier. And I guess this wasn't necessarily when I was consistently tracking my macros, but like in my head, I was, you know, food was just numbers. So um, I wasn't tracking everything religiously, but I was tracking in my head. And I remember feeling like hungrier than usual, right? My body was sending me the signal that I, my, it was hungry. Um, and so instead of trusting 
what my body was telling me, I would think to myself, okay, well, I'm going to check my macros to make sure I'm eating enough, right? Instead of actually listening to what my body's telling me. Um, Same thing with having a craving. A lot of people try to find a healthy, quote unquote, alternative. We're told to curb our hunger, right? There's so many, oh my gosh, magazines and social media that have tips to curb your hunger and your appetite. Like, hello, that is our body telling us that it needs to be nourished. The way to curb an appetite is to eat. Um, And some other examples, just all the rules of, you know, not being able to eat past six. I'm hungry, but I can't eat because it's past six o'clock, right? We have, we've been told so many different things to, you know, keep us more and more disconnected from our body signals. So when we, every time we ignore what our bodies are saying, we create that distrust. We're saying, I can't trust my body. These plans, macros, points, my fitness pal, they know my body better. This is the message that we have been given our entire life, right? So what intuitive eating does is it helps you connect back to your body and trust it to do exactly what it is designed to do. Your body has all of this knowledge to be able to tell you when, what, and how much to eat. And intuitive eating is a framework. It's not a diet where you are learning how to use your intuitive nature, as well as rational thought and emotion to dictate your food choices. And it's not about weight loss. This is not a diet. And I really want to stress that because there are a lot of people, a lot of coaches who say they do intuitive eating, but are also promoting weight loss. And that is not intuitive eating. In order to truly be able to trust your body again, we have to let go of the pursuit of weight loss. And there's a couple reasons for that. So one, whenever you are focusing on weight loss, you are more than likely going to be tying happiness to a lower number and tying shame and anger to a higher number. And this creates kind of like a reward and punishment system. So for example, when you see a lower number, you might think that you deserve to eat more food or you can let yourself quote unquote indulge more or whatever it may be. It's this kind of reward of, okay, I'm at a lower number. That means I deserve to eat more, right? Or when you see a higher number, it's, it's, you know, you're filled with anger and you use exercise as a punishment and you don't eat as much or you try to be more strict, Or it could be like an all or nothing mentality of, oh, screw this. I'm never going to have my dream body. So you may use binge eating and going out of control with food as a punishment. At the end of the day, whenever there is a focus on changing your body, there's going to be restriction involved. And what we know to be true about restriction is one, it creates an unhealthy relationship to food, it triggers binge eating, increases disordered eating behaviors, and can have a lot of other physical health effects as well. So if you are going into intuitive eating, trying to pursue weight loss, it, it's it's gonna it's not going to be effective, right? Because we want to connect back to our bodies. And if we are restricting 
And if we are telling ourselves that we can't eat this food or we can't eat at this time or, you know, we can't have this amount, we can only have a little bit, that is completely going against what we want to do here. We want to trust our bodies. And whenever we are focused on weight loss, that's it's just not possible to intuitive eat because there's going to be guilt around eating over the amount or guilt around eating certain foods or you're going to have those food rules in in your head that diet mentality which I'll get into in a minute those things are going to be coming up and we want to step back from that so we can fully be able to get to a place where we can trust our bodies so going back to what intuitive eating is it is a framework that has 10 principles that really teaches us how to trust our bodies again, right? It's removing the guilt, shame, and punishment around food. It's connecting back to who you are instead of what you look like, right? And I want to go through the 10 principles and kind of explain what each one entails and what the purpose of each one is. And you have to remember that this is something that takes time because again, we've gone our whole lives listening to what diet culture says and and so many confusing messages and, and we've been so disconnected from our body that this is going to help you slowly build that trust back and be able to trust your body. This is not an overnight thing, right? And there's also a lot of emotional and a lot of mindset and belief systems that play a big role in this too, which I will get into. But before I do that, I want to talk about the principles. So the first principle is rejecting the diet mentality. So I already talked why weight loss and intuitive eating cannot coexist. (laughs) Um, We have to let go of the pursuit of weight loss, okay? And I know this is scary, and this doesn't mean that you necessarily have to let go of the desire. It's not like you have to let go of the desire before you begin your journey of intuitive eating. I think as a human being, that desire is going to pop up every now and then because it is true that being in a thinner body in our society makes life easier, right? That is a true statement. There is a lot of thin privilege in our society. But anyway, so you can have that desire, but we let go of the pursuit of weight loss, right? And this is really scary because with that, there is a possibility of uh, weight loss. There's a possibility of maintaining your weight and there's a possibility of gaining weight. And you have to be in a place where all of that, you have to be open to those possibilities. Nobody can tell you what is going to happen to your body when you go into intuitive eating It's going to be one of those three things, right? But I can promise you that your body has got your back and it's going to do what it needs to do. And this is kind of a point where you are putting that trust in your body and trusting it to take care of you, right? So we let go of the pursuit of weight loss. We're open to all of those three possibilities happening with neutrality, So what I mean by that is there's no, you know, celebrating 
of weight loss or maintaining and there's no shame in gaining. The goal is to become neutral about those things. We don't want to celebrate or shame any three of those possibilities because that will keep us stuck and kind of tying our worth to what we weigh, right? And in getting to that point where weight weight is neutral is something that we work on, right? That there's a lot of belief systems there that, you know, is important to work through with a coach. So letting go of the diet mentality is letting go, understanding what diet culture is, right? And letting go of the things in your life that are in alignment with diet culture. And if you're not sure what diet culture is, diet culture is pretty much any weight loss program or any type of message that, you know, praises thinness and really, um, shames people in bigger bodies and disabled bodies and people of different different ethnicities and it, it's that one ideal body type right it sends the message that there's an ideal body type and that you should be working towards that so any weight loss company you know walk through the grocery store you'll see diet culture with labels like skinny and fit and lean right um, any type of message that's telling you that there are good or bad foods um, the conversations that you hear in the staff room at work, people talking about how good they were over the weekend or how bad they were and how they're on this diet or they're trying to make up for what they ate over the holidays or whatever it is. All that is diet culture. So any type of message that's being sent that is, is telling you that there is a thin ideal, you should be working towards that and that fat is bad and you should fear gain weight and so on and so forth. That's kind of like a shorter... Uh, explanation of what diet culture is. So we let go of dieting tools. Like I said, we're letting go of things that are in alignment with diet culture. So one way to reject the diet mentality is letting go of dieting tools. So this could be your food scale, your body scale, deleting MyFitnessPal, getting rid of magazines or books that have to do with weight loss, um, unfollowing accounts on social media that are deep in diet culture and promoting weight loss. And I want to, this may sound intimidating, but this is something that happens slowly over time. Like it's not something that, you know, you have to completely get rid of all of these things at once. Like it's a work in in progress and something that we work on over time. But this is a point we get to, um, you know, that a lot of people get to where they're just fed up of trying to diet over and over and over again and and always feeling empty and never feeling good enough um, and and landing in an unhealthy relationship to food and they're just tired of it, right? And in this principle, you know, you learn that dieting has a 95% failure rate and dieting is what causes you to feel out of control with food. It's what increases negative body image, right? And when I talk about dieting, I'm not just talking about your normal fad diet. Like I, like that is part of it, but I'm also talking about intermittent fasting. I'm also talking about keto. I'm also talking about uh, macro counting. I'm talking about Weight Watchers. I'm talking about any pursuit of weight loss, any pursuit of obsessively trying to maintain your weight. That is, you know, diet culture and diet mentality. Another big part of, um, you know, rejecting the diet mentality along with letting go of the tools is 
paying attention to the thoughts that you're having around food on a daily basis because diet mentality can be really, really sneaky. So this could look like things like trying to compensate for food, like trying to make up for it with exercise or earn it with exercise or earn it through restriction, um, counting calories in your head, having cheat meals, um, ordering the lowest um, lowest calorie option on the menu or the, the option with quote-unquote good macros. Like all of those things are diet mentality that are very, very engraved. So it's bringing awareness to that diet mentality and learning how to challenge that, right? Because all of those things, again, disconnect us from our body because we're relying on all those rules and restrictions and what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing instead of actually listening to what our body needs and what our body wants. So rejecting diet mentality is rejecting diet culture, letting go of tools that are in alignment with diet culture and really paying attention to your diet mentality and how often that's coming up and learning how to challenge that. The second principle is honoring your hunger. So this is what it sounds like. So it's connecting back to your hunger cues and learning what they feel like for you. When you diet for a really long time, you become really disconnected with your hunger because you're constantly told to curb your appetite, which like is crazy. And I talked about that earlier. Um, but when we do that and when we suppress our hunger, those cues get quieter and quieter and, and we end up being really disconnected from from what our actual hunger cues are. So in this principle, this is where you learn to get connected back to what hunger feels like for you. And it's more than just a growling stomach. Um, everybody's so different when it comes to hunger. And this may take some structure at first. And something important that I wanna mention is that intuitive eating is not gonna be intuitive at first. <laughs> because again, I keep saying this, but we've been disconnected from our bodies. So we are learning to trust our bodies again. So it's not going to be intuitive at first. So what I mean by there may need to be some more structure for this is, for example, in order to hear your hunger cues again, you need to make sure that you're feeding your body consistently and enough. So this could look like making sure that you're eating three meals with maybe like a couple snacks in there with some nutrient dense foods, some foods that have, um, that are going to make you feel full and satisfied, um, in order to get those hunger cues coming back up again. The next one I want to talk about is making peace with food. So this is giving yourself unconditional permission to eat all foods, all foods, no foods off limits. And this is so necessary to heal your relationship to food and to stop feeling out of control with food. I talk about this quite a bit, but binge eating is a biological response to restriction. It's not a matter of willpower. It's not a matter of self-discipline. If you are restricting foods, you will binge eat. And this is a really confusing topic and a topic that people get really defensive about. But what happens when you allow food with no conditions, something called habituation happens. So that means over time, as you expose yourself to that food more and more, that food, be food becomes less and less special the more you know, that you're exposed to it. And again, going back of why letting go of the diet mentality is so important is because once your body knows that you're not restricting anymore, there's no need to binge eat anymore because that food is always available. 
So if you have the pattern of, okay, I felt out of control with food. Now I'm going to quote unquote, get back on track. Your body doesn't like know what realize that you are trying not to gain weight or trying to look a certain way. Your body sees getting back on track as, okay, these foods are not available. There's limits on these foods. They're not available. So I need to get it while it lasts to prepare for more restriction. Okay. And this is something that takes time and practice. This is not a one and done thing. And something that I do with my clients is they create a list of the foods that, you know, they restrict and they start with one and they have a, I have an exercise I have them do where they take the time to eat this food and really be present with it and really taste it and see if they even like it. Because a lot of times we want foods so badly because we can't have them. And a lot of people, when they start intuitive eating, realize they don't even like those foods that much. Um, But there's that exercise, but it's not a one and done. And what I suggest doing, if possible, is buying this food in abundance. So for example, for me, cereal was a really big been one of my biggest binge foods. So how I would get it in abundance is to buy a lot of it, get it in your house um, so that you let your mind and body know that this food is available. It's, it's here in abundance. It's not going anywhere and allowing yourself to have it as you want it and being present when you eat it. And the most important thing is that we don't go back to restriction because the moment you let your mind and body know, okay, this food's going to be going away tomorrow. I'm not going to allow myself to have this. Your mind and body is going to send you that signal to eat a lot of it to prepare for that restriction. And this is something that again, takes time. It takes practice and you may binge eat at first and that's okay. But again, the most important thing is, is that we don't go back into restriction and something um, that I do with my clients is really being intentional and aware of any possible mental restriction that's happening because restriction can be really sneaky. And if we have those thoughts in our head of, okay, well, I can have this, but just a little bit, or it's okay that I'm eating this because I'm going to work out tomorrow or, um, you know, anything that's trying to compensate for it or judging yourself for eating it or whatever it is. I work with my clients through this to make sure that, you know, that mental restriction, um, we can be aware of it and learn how to navigate through that. Um, And it's it's very individual and every person's going to have a different experience. But that is what I do with my clients and something to to be aware. We want to make sure that we are aware of any restriction that may be coming up. So the next one is challenging the food police. So this is where you really just challenge the voices in your head, like your food rules that tell you things that, you know, that there are good or bad foods, you're good about what you eat, that you should only have a little bit, that you can't eat past six o'clock, that you have to eat every three hours on the dot, um, that you can only have bread once a day, <laughs> like whatever food rule food rules you have or the voices in your head that are telling you these things, it's really developing a way to talk back to them (laughs) and developing a compassionate and kind voice and really learning how to reframe those rules and, and not have so much of a reaction to them, right? Because when you start to pay attention, you'll see 
how how much of food rules and restrictions are really going on for you. So this is just developing that voice to reframe them and to slowly but surely release them. Next one is discover the satisfaction the satisfaction factor. So there is, it's super important to be satisfied with your, the food that you're eating and your eating experience. When you eat what you really want in an environment that is, you know, calm and not chaotic, right? The pleasure, um, that you experience when you're eating is going to help you feel satisfied and content. And it's important with your eating environment, but also if you're not satisfied with the food you're eating, and I'll give you an example of, you know, there's the healthy alternative. Um, I'm sure some of you can relate to this where it's like you really wanted a cookie. So you had some fruit instead to try to fight it off, or you had um, a protein cookie instead, and then you had um, a Diet Coke to try to get rid of the sugar craving, but then you're not satisfied, right? You eat all these different things and you're still not satisfied, so you end up eating probably multiple cookies in one sitting to get that satisfaction, right? And same thing with just like your meals during the day. If you're eating tilapia and asparagus and absolutely dreading it, you're going to try to look for that satisfaction. You're going to try to look to feel fulfilled um, with your food and, and have your food be satisfying to you. And that is why it's so important to make sure that you are having that satisfaction with your environment and with the food that you're eating. So there are a couple different ways that you can do that. And that is something that I go through um, with my clients in my program. The next one is feeling your fullness. So again, what it sounds like learning what your fullness cues are and feeling full is actually a lot more of an emotional experience than I think people realize because being full is looked at as something that's negative, right? A lot of people are afraid of feeling full or like when they feel contently full, they feel like they overate, right? So it's really about finding that that comfortable, content feeling of fullness for you. And, you know, sometimes you might eat past fullness and that's okay too. That happens sometimes. And I'll get kind of to how I'll, when we get to the misconceptions, I'm going to talk more about that, but this is about learning to honor your fullness and just learn what it feels like. And there's a lot of different things that can distract you from feeling full. So that could be You know, if you're constantly distracted, if you're eating foods that don't have, uh, that don't have, that aren't going to make you feel full for very long, um, or, you know, just not being present or trying to multitask or eating, there's a lot of different things that can factor feeling your fullness. Um, And it's learning how to 
learn what those things are for you so that you can tune into what fullness actually feels like. So the next one is coping with your emotions with kindness. This is so important. Like the emotional work of intuitive eating and letting go of dieting and healing your body and healing your relationship to food is so much, so much of it is learning how to process your emotions because dieting is emotional. You have a lot of emotions about how you feel about your body, the body you have, the body you fear having. There's a lot of emotion around after binge eating and around the food you eat and around there's a lot of fear of weight gain there's a lot of fear right and a lot of people look at food as a way to control just and other things too other uh stressors in life in general right and people use dieting as a way to to gain control as a way to distract themselves and you know there's just that fantasy that shrinking your body is going to just take all your problems away and that is just the one thing that's going to fix this and fix that right so it's learning how to process your emotions in general but also when it comes to emotionally eating as well So emotional eating does get a bad rap and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but we want to make sure that you have a variety of tools in your toolkit. Food will help short term, right? Food can be comfort, but we want to make sure that we are still dealing with the emotions and the situations that are coming up. And in this principle, um, what I do with my clients is we create a toolkit that, you know, they have a variety of different exercises and modalities that they can use to work through their emotions as they come up. The next one is respecting your body. So this is kind of what it sounds like, learning how to work through negative body image and accept your body. And this is something that does take some time. This comes with really reframing a lot of belief systems you have around your body. And this takes work. This is something that is done throughout um, the journey of intuitive eating and something that does take practice. But it's important to know that the goal of this is not to love the way that your body looks, right? The goal is to be able to treat your body with respect and kindness regardless of what it looks like and not tying your worth to to what it to what your body is and again this is something that is going to take a lot of deeper work to get there but the most important thing and what I start with with my clients is we're not starting with automatically like okay I feel neutral about my body or okay I accept my body as it is right we're starting with simply when you're in those moments where you're just hating the way your body looks starting there and asking yourself how can you treat your body with respect and kindness right now right and that could look like listening to it that could mean nourishing it properly uh, instead of you know trying to restrict Um, That could be doing self-care. That could be 
um, processing your emotions. There's so many different ways to build that respect and kindness with your body. And that's what it's really about because there's going to be days where you don't like the way your body looks. That's human nature. It's how you respond to that is what makes the difference and what I teach my clients, right? I'm not telling you that your negative body thoughts will 100% go away. Will they quiet down a little bit? Yeah, for sure. But we're human living in a society that praises thinness. So these things will come up. So we learn how to work through them and, and learn how to respect and treat our bodies with kindness. The next one is joyful movement. So this is changing your viewpoint on movement. Oftentimes, movement and exercise is looked at as punishment or a way to earn food or only for aesthetics reason, only for aesthetic reasons. And now since bodybuilding's super trendy, there's a lot of identity involved in it, right? People want to be fit. They want to have that aesthetic. They want people to perceive them that way. So this is really reframing your belief systems around movement and and possibly integrating different types of movements that you actually like. Because sometimes people force themselves to do certain movements because it's changing their body. That's the only reason why they do it, even though they hate it, right? So just reframing and reworking your, your relationship with movement. And the last one is gentle nutrition. So this one is something that I generally save for last. And this is kind of where adding nutritional values come back in. Because if you started with this at the beginning, it could be very easy to turn it into another diet and create rules and restrictions around it. So it's learning about what an empowered choice is versus restriction. It's creating nutritional values for yourself. Um, Nutrition is a very big part of intuitive eating too. It's not just eating whatever you want and not having any regard for nutrition or how your body feels. Um, There is the nutrition aspect of it um, that is very important. So those are the 10 principles. And with intuitive eating, you don't have to do all of them necessarily in order. You don't have to do them at a certain pace, right? These are things that are slowly integrated over time. Again, it's going to take time to rebuild that relationship with your body and to be able to trust your body. Um, How I do it in my programs is it's kind of split up and I add, there's different things that I add in there. So it's more than just the principles because it's more than just these 10 principles because this is also a lot deeper of a journey because, you know, not only do we have to let go of restricting and let go of dieting, but we have to really get to, okay, what has this been for you? Why were you restricting in the first place? What fears do you have? What beliefs do you have, right? And it's also a grieving process. There's a lot of grieving going on. You are grieving your dream body, right? You're grieving the fact that you might never have that. You're not going to have your dream body. That's a grieving process because it's something that people strive for, for their entire lives because of that fantasy of, if I could just look this way, then everything will be better. So it's grieving that. It's grieving a coping mechanism. As I talked about, dieting is emotional. It's a way to control. It's a way to distract, 
right? And when we let go of this coping mechanism, we can we kind of have to deal with a lot of the emotions that dieting put a Band-Aid over, right? Grieving that fantasy, grieving an identity. If you are, you love that people perceive you as the fit one and the healthy one and the disciplined one, that can be hard to let go of. And you might not know who you are without it. And that's what we work through. And at the end of the day, you have a choice. You can grieve the dream body and the coping mechanism and the fantasy and the identities, or you can grieve the acceptance of others, which you never had control over in the first place. And I know that's hard to hear, but that's why so many people died is because they think that by shrinking their body that they're going to get the acceptance of other people. And we never have had control over that. You can't control if people accept you. You can't control if people don't judge you. You can't control what people say about you or think about you. It's never been in your control. So again, you have that choice of grieving the dream body or grieving something that you never had control over in the first place. So I hope that makes sense um, of what, I hope you have a better understanding of what intuitive eating actually is. And I'm going to go over the common misconceptions that usually come up and kind of debunk any type of, uh, misunderstandings on what it is. So the first one that comes up is intuitive eating is just eating everything you want. And there's a lot more that's not true. There's a lot more to intuitive eating than just eating everything you want. It is eating what you want, but you are taking into account how your body feels. We know that eating cake and pizza every day is probably not going to physically feel good, right? We know that we do need nutrient-dense foods. There are some foods that are more nutrient-dense than others, of course, and that is 100% taken into consideration. And this comes in with a gentle nutrition aspect, right? Adding a variety of macro and micronutrients is important for numerous reasons, such as balancing blood sugar, hormone health, gut health, um, making sure you're eating enough and staying full. And once you continue to practice, you'll become more in tune with your body. Um, you know, going back to intuitive eating is using intuitive nature, but it's also using emotion and rational thought. So, you know, if you are eating the cake and pizza and cookies or whatever all day, you can have that thought of, okay, I think I'm going to add in a little bit more nutrient dense foods. I'm going to add in some protein. I'm going to add in some veggies, right? Because my body needs that nourishment. So you can use that rational thought too. It's not just eating whatever you want and having no consideration of how your body feels or no consideration of nutrition. All that is taking, taken into consideration. Another one is that people think it's just listening to hunger and fullness cues. And this can very easily, and that's not what intuitive eating is, <laughs> this can very easily turn into another role where people think, okay, well, I'm not hungry, so I can't eat, or I'm full, so I have to stop. And there are going to be times when you're going to eat, you're going to eat when you're not physically hungry. Uh, for example, using food as self-care. When you know you won't be able to eat for a while, um, and so you make sure that, so, okay, just for an example, let's say that you have a work meeting that you know is going to be a really long time. You're not physically hungry, but you know that you need to eat something because if you don't, you're going to be starving and it's not going to feel very good during your meeting, right? So using it as self-care in those aspects, kind of planning ahead, even when you're not physically hungry. 
And sometimes, you know, food just sounds good. Think about when you go to birthday parties or if you go to the movie theater, you get ice cream uh, on a hot summer day. And, you know, I just said movie theater, but when you get popcorn at a movie theater, you probably, yeah, whatever. That just didn't make sense. Anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, when you're at the movies and you get popcorn or you get ice cream on a hot summer day, like you might not be physically hungry, but sometimes food just sounds good. And that's actually called, uh, you know, it's, it's taste hunger. Something sounds good, even though you're not physically hungry. So it's important to realize that that is not a rule. There are going to be times where you eat past your fullness and that's okay too. It happens sometimes. Sometimes food is just really good and you just keep eating and then you realize you're a little bit over fullness and that's okay. So next one I talk, want to talk about is that people think it's anti-health and it's important to ask yourself, what is healthy for you? For a lot of people, it's easy to associate health with being thin and that is the farthest thing from the truth, but that is what we have been taught, but it's a lie that we've all been fed. If that were the case, then people would not have health issues. Or we think that the only way to get healthy when in, is to lose weight, right? When in reality, dieting actually causes a lot more health issues. The problem is that first, when people lose weight, it may seem like you're getting healthier, right? But what happens long term. What has happened long term for you? Slower metabolism, stressing over food, disordered eating behaviors or eating disorders, weight cycling, hormonal issues, isolating yourself, avoiding social events because you're afraid of eating foods, thyroid issues. Like there's so many negative health effects that happen because of people dieting that happen long term. That's what we're looking at long term. And that's not health to me. To me, being healthy is not underfeeding yourself, not cutting out food groups, not putting your life on hold until you lose weight, not being afraid of weight gain, not avoiding social events. It's living your life. It's nourishing your body properly. It's eating the foods that you love and that you enjoy. It's knowing that your worth is not measured by the size of your body. It's knowing that you're deserving of food no matter what your body looks like. It's knowing that you're worthy of living a life. You don't need a smaller body or a specific body type to start living your life. That is health to me. And a lot of this is redefining what health actually is for you. And I hope that you have a better awareness of what that will look like for you after listening to this podcast because diet culture has it all twisted. It has it all twisted and it's time that people start waking up to the truth and that is my hope for this podcast and for the content that I put out because we've been fed so many lies right so again it's important to define what is healthy for you what is health for you and has dieting and micromanaging your body given you that health or has it deteriorated right? So something to think about. Another misconception is all I will want is the food I binge on. So I want to go back to the habituation aspect that I talked about earlier. So this is a common thing. I actually just saw a TikTok the other day and there was a girl on there and she's like, if I intuitively, or if I, if my, if I trusted my body or my 
intuition to tell me what to eat. I would just eat Oreos and cereal and donuts and blah, blah, blah all day long. Like she was saying that, you know, intuitive eating is not possible for everyone because sometimes intuition tells you to eat certain foods. And first of all, that just makes me so sad that people were, are so far from being able to even have the thought that it's a possibility that they could trust their body, right? It just, it's, it's, it's sad that people think that that's not a possibility for them, but again, rightfully so because of everything, you know, we've been taught, but anyway, so all I would want is the food I binge on. So going back to habituation, when you start to eat this food and you start to expose yourself to to it, habituation happens. That food loses its power over you. And again, once you stop restricting and your body knows that food is not going anywhere, there's no limit on it, there's no need to binge on it. It finds no, your body, find, it, there's, no, there's no need to binge on it because it's always available. It's not going anywhere anymore. And that's where people get caught up is they think, oh, well, you know, I tried that and I binge ate. And there's a lot of other factors there, you know, that we could go into. And again, it's not just a one or and done exercise. This is going to take time but the more you track the more you restrict the more you will feel out of control with food so it's important to look at if you're you know still restricting but again habituation happens and there's also that gentle nutrition aspect where you know we are listening to what feels good and we're using our rational thought as well of okay I would like to add some vegetables and I would like to add some protein and I would like to add some carbs, you know whatever you want to add in to get some nutrient dense foods into your daily um, meals, right? So it's not just, uh, as you begin to gain confidence in your, in trusting your body, your body will crave a variety of food. And, you know, even with any type of restriction, like when you think about, for example, when you go on vacation and you're eating probably a lot of foods that maybe aren't super nutrient dense and foods that you're not used to, your body craves a salad, right? Your body craves nutrient dense food. So it's both ways. Your body knows what it's doing. 100% your body knows what it's doing. Um, but you have to kind of get past that. These like little road bumps that come up and just know that it, it takes time. It takes time and it takes practice to rebuild that trust. And, and intuitive eating is just eating. And that's what makes me so sad when people are like, it's just not possible for me. It really is just eating, but we've just become so disconnected from our bodies that it does feel impossible. But I promise you, it is possible to trust your body. Something else that came up that I actually just thought of is, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, this is just an excuse for fat people to be more lazy. And I hate this so much. I hate this so much. Um, because that is the farthest thing from the truth. And, you know, I just talked about health and what it actually looks like. And intuitive eating is not giving up on your health by any means, by any means. And along with intuitive eating, you'll see health at every size is usually, associated with intuitive eating and people that gets a really bad negative view because people have this mentality of oh it's just an excuse for um, fat people to not care about their body and blah 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 and it's more of making sure 
that fat people have the same rights as we do. And what I mean by that is fat people are severely mistreated in our society. That is why so many people fear weight gain is because we know how they're treated. If I go in because I have a cough, I'm going to get very different advice from a doctor. If I go into a doctor's office with a cough, I will get very different advice than a fat person would, right? They're not taken seriously. It's just constantly, well, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And then they end up trying to do that multiple times throughout their life. And as we know, dieting doesn't work. So it actually makes them continue to gain weight, right? But that doesn't mean that they are lazy people, right? It's taking back all of the mistreatment in realizing that every every body at every size deserves to be treated with respect and kindness. And you can work on your health without pursuing weight loss. And there's so many people out there who it's we live in such a fat phobic society and anytime somebody sees a fat person living their life and not hating themselves, they automatically want to judge them and tell them how unhealthy they are and how they shouldn't be happy and so on and so forth. And it's funny because I was thinking like people always say, well, fat people have a higher risk for heart disease and diabetes and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Okay. So does smoking. (laughs) So if you saw a thin person smoking, which also increases your chances of heart disease, increases your chances of diabetes, would people still say the same things? Would people be as passionate about health if they saw a thin person smoking? And the, the answer is usually no. People love to drag down fat people. And that's how it is in our society. So, and the truth is you cannot tell someone's health by the way that they look. And that's a big misconception we have in our society. And at the end of the day, you know, with intuitive eating, with giving up dieting, you can incorporate health values. You can pursue healthy behaviors without having to focus on weight loss, right? And again, this is such a deeper journey than then, you know, a lot of people even realize, like, there's so many emotions, so many belief systems that are really warped up in dieting and our body image and our relationship to food that is very, very important to work through in order to fully be able to trust your body. So I hope that this helps if you were confused about what exactly intuitive eating was, if you had some confusion, if you had some misunderstandings. I hope that this helped. If it did, I would love to know. So feel free to reach out to me. You can um, message me on Instagram. You can take a screenshot um, and tag me in it on Instagram. Um, Again, writing a review on Apple Podcasts is really, really helpful because it helps to push my podcast out there and helps to get these messages out there. So I will have some of those links down in the show notes. And with that being said, I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.